What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, we'll be breaking down a preview of the upcoming game against the Golden State Warriors. We'll also be updating Derrick Jones Jr.'s injury status, as well as talking about what the Bulls could do in the meantime while he's gone. We'll talk, be talking about the Bulls' upcoming signing, um, or new signing, I should say, in Malcolm Hill, and also going into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. All right, Bulls fans. So first, let me update my video from yesterday. So the initial reporting um, was that Derrick Jones Jr. was going to be out four to six weeks. The Bulls then tweeted themselves and posted that the uh, Derrick Jones Jr.'s uh, injury timeline is actually two to four weeks. Now, while that may not seem like a huge change of difference, it is, a, uh, is one for a key reason. That will put him back before the trade deadline. Now, for anyone who's uh, you know been talking about what the Bulls could do on the trade market, you know, if that injury would have impacted his trade value, the fact that he'll be back healthy and if a, if a team does trade for him, you know, they'll, they'll get a healthy player rather than having to wait any time for him to come back from injury, theoretically. Now, again, you know, you guys know, I already said I'm not going to be doing heavy trade talks uh, anymore until the actual trade deadline, which I will have a trade deadline special coming up. It'll be a two hour live stream starting an hour before the trade deadline and then going up into an hour after the trade deadline. So. Uh, we'll just be breaking down deals from the NBA teams, not necessarily just the Bulls, but we'll see if the Bulls do do anything, even though I'm not really expecting them to be very active in the trade market. But all these injuries could change that. But I did want to update that on Derrick Jones Jr.'s injury timeline. Let's go ahead and get into what the Bulls did because of him being down. So they made a signing. They signed Malcolm Hill to a 10-day contract. Now, I don't know a lot about Malcolm Hill. Uh, looking at his G League stacks, he averages about 31 minutes a game in the G League, 16 points. Has uh, shooting percentages of 51% from field goal, 39.8%, uh, so almost 40% from three. He averages uh, taking about 6.3 threes per game. So that's where his, where his averages sit um, as far as like what his impact is scoring around rebounds. I think we're about at like four or five rebounds per game. So, you know, we'll see if the, how much the Bulls use him. Typically, our, you know, our 10-day contract signings with the big men haven't really played a lot. Look at like Jordan Bell, who didn't play a lot of minutes while I was here. I don't think we ever saw Ursan check in, but that was because he went into health and safety protocols. It is another thing to look out for, too. Uh, you know, with the things that were going on with this Bulls team, does that new signing go into the uh, into the health and safety protocol at some point? But with that all being said, the Bulls look to have picked up somebody who can theoretically fill in and give minutes to this team. We'll see how often or how, how frequent they actually do go to him. But those averages and those stat lines, while in the G League, it is nice to know that they do have a big man who, who does appear to be able to shoot the ball some, which is important in this Bulls offense because, as we know, who's ever at the four does get pretty open looks pretty consistently, especially if they can knock down that corner three. So we'll see what's going on with Malcolm Hill on that and if he ends up contributing to this Bulls team at all in his 10-day stretch here. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, preview of the Golden State Warriors game. So, <sighs> Golden State Warriors lost last night. So that I know, while people could be saying, "Hey, that that could bode well for us," especially in the way that they lost, um, or it could hurt the Bulls. They could be coming out trying to make a statement because they did lose the previous night. We are the second game of a back-to-back -back for them, so we know how back-to-backs can tend to affect teams, especially teams that are going to be missing some key pieces. Um, the Warriors will be missing Klay Thompson, Gary Payton II, Draymond Green, and of course Wiseman, who hasn't really played this season. Um, in this game, what does that mean for the Bulls, especially that Gary Payton II is going to be out as well? I think that really changes what, what the Warriors can do defensively. Bulls, we already know we're, we're going to be missing Caruso Green, Derrick Jones Jr., and of course P. Will, who's, who's been out since the, what four games into the season. Um, but with that being said, 
This game is going to hopefully be a bounce-back game for the Chicago Bulls. The, the Chicago Bulls got embarrassed on national TV. That's the spirit. They got embarrassed on national TV. Now, the Nets went and got embarrassed themselves the following night. But with that being said, like I think that just shows how teams know they have to be up for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are now circled on, on other teams' calendar. They know how good we are. And we're going to get teams best. You know, DeMar DeRozan said that himself as well. So with that being all being said, you know, the Bulls, I think, are if Billy Donovan does is doing what I think he, he did over this break or whatever, defense, defensive execution is going to be top uh, on the Bulls' mind in this game. It has to be, really. When you have a potent offense like the Golden State Warriors, even without Clay, even without Draymond, they can still be very potent and they will be very potent against us. Um, the Bulls are going to have to be locked in defensively, much like going into that Brooklyn Nets game in which I said the Bulls have to execute on both sides of the ball. We're going to need that tonight. The Bulls are going to have to be locked in. They're going to have to be focused. They're going to have to execute. I know we're, we're, we're missing some of our key defenders. I know this. Like This is something that we all as Bulls fans understand, but that it still will not excuse a, a not a bad, well, it still won't excuse a bad effort against a really good team regardless of that. We have injuries. They have injuries. The Bulls have to come out and show, not only just because it's on national media, but just because they are the number one team in the East. They have to come out there and show it and 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 show what they are as, as, as the makeup of this team. How does this team bounce back from adversity? I call the loss against the Brooklyn Nets a punch in the face, and that and that's what it is. Sometimes you need a punch in the face when you're in a fight to wake the hell up. Sometimes it could put you out as well, but sometimes you need you need it to wake you up so that you that you come back out more fierce and focused and that's what i expect to see from our chicago bulls team especially from demar and zach they are the leaders of this team as i said before on, on one of my videos zach has to be has to grow more into that leadership role as far as not letting the refs get it get into his head not getting too down on himself when he's playing bad all these things because we've seen it anybody who's watched this team for a long time knows how the refs can affect zach levine and we need we need a better output from that from Zach. Period. Point blank. We need Zach to be focusing. No matter what the refs do, we know we haven't always been officiated in the way that we would like to be. Regardless of any of that, Zach Levine has to be locked in. And Demar Derozan hopefully is going to get this free throw shooting thing under wraps. I uh, like again. He's been such a great free throw shooter for the most part of his career. I do trust that he's going to get back to that. It's, I don't I, even though it's been a couple of games. I don't I don't see this being anything that lingers on. But we need everything back. We need Lonzo to be locked in. Lonzo, what Lonzo does defensively as well. Do the Bulls try to unlock Lonzo more now going further into the season? That's going to be a question that I'm looking for uh, as well. Vooch has to have a bounce back game as well. Kobe, Io. And that's really, I think, looking at Io, um, yes, this is, are we going to see Io and Steph Curry any of this game? But I think, you know, the last game we saw Io's confidence get shook and maybe for the first time since he's been on this Bulls team. We need to see confident Io back out there. We know he's a second-round rookie, and he's been playing way better than I think most of us has even projected for a second-round rookie into this first year and the way that he's been able to contribute to the scene. But as long as Alex Caruso is out, we absolutely need Io's contributions. Whereas one point, it was like Io's contributions were more icing on top of the cake because of because of you know having Caruso and stuff like that. We absolutely need Io as long as Caruso is going to be out. And so it'd be really good to see him have a bounce back game as well. But I'm expecting our team overall, rather than individual performances, to really have a bounce back game. Uh, let me know what you guys think down below of, of this game. Are you still excited for this game? How do you think the Bulls respond to that loss that they had against the Brooklyn Nets? And we got a tough stretch coming out. We got we got uh Golden State tonight. We have Boston tomorrow, then we have a break, then we got Memphis. Um, it, listen, the bull stretch, the bull schedule is not easing up anytime soon. We are in the thick of it. 
between now and the All-Star break, it's really going to be an interesting stretch to see what the Bulls do now that they are um, the number one team in the East. And they've been there, and they have to hold on to that. So we got Boston, Memphis, Cleveland, Milwaukee. That is a nice stretch of games, especially that Milwaukee game, are in in uh, division opponents. And so uh, the fact that this will be our first time facing the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't want to look too far ahead. That is January 21st, but it's coming up. It's on the horizon. Nice to see how the Bulls are going to measure up against a team like that. Lastly, before we go today, we're going to hop into the mailbag. We have two voicemails to play for today. The first one up is from Jose Sanchez. Let's go ahead and play that now. Hey, what's good, Hayes? Uh, this is Jose Sanchez from Puerto Rico, bro. Um, love your show. Love what you're doing, man. Keep doing the, uh, you know, keep on doing what you do, bro. That's good work. Um, listen, I just want to say, you know, people just need to stop playing GM and trying to make trades for the bull. Um, Personally, I think the team is fine as is. Um, maybe we might need to shore up a little bit the power forward position. But other than that, um, I think Chicago, the Chicago Bulls are fine. I, I read this comment um, a couple of minutes ago on YouTube. Um, some guy saying that we should trade Kobe and try to find a guy that can stop and beat. I mean, we, we really need to stop with that. There's no player in this league that's going to be able to stop uh, Joel Embiid. I mean, the best you can do is hope that he misses a shot, but the guy is just too talented. There's no one player in the league that can really stop him. So we need to stop with that idea that, you know, trading Kobe White for a player that can stop Embiid is going to happen. First of all, we don't have the resources. And if there is such a player, trust me, it's going to cost a lot more than Kobe Bryant. It might even cost half of the team to try to get a player like that. And honestly, it's not worth it. I mean, you're going to gut the whole team, mess up the chemistry on the team, you know, the camaraderie that they have already, you know, for one player. And then, you know, like we were talking the other day, um, you have to come up with plays for such a player also. That's going to mess up the chemistry the team has already. So, I mean, you know, just to say, man, people just need to stop with these trade ideas and thinking that, you know, we need a superstar in every single position on the team. Well, like I said before, good work, man. Keep up the good work, man. You're doing your thing there. And a shout out from Puerto Rico, bro. Take it easy. Peace. All right, Jose, really, listen, I said it when I was on Locked on Bulls. I've said it on this podcast a lot of times. Chicago Bulls fans do have completely unrealistic trades. The Bulls don't have a lot of assets, especially when you, if anyone is using that Portland pick, the Portland pick we're not going to get this year. Now that now that Dame Lillard has gone down, he's going to be out six to eight weeks after getting abdominal surgery. Listen, it's not happening. We are not getting that Portland pick this year. It does go next year. I don't know if it's still lottery protected next year, and then I think it drops to a second round pick after that. Um, but we'll see what the Bulls do with that pick. If they do anything with, with it, on the trade deadline, that would probably be more what they use than their own first-round pick, but we'll see with that. Um, now, without well, the Bulls can't trade their own first-round pick until 2025, 2027, something like that, so they can't do anything with their first pick other than actually in the draft, or they have to wait to the day of the draft to do anything with it. But with that being said, yes, Bulls fans do have completely unrealistic trades, and I've said this before, and I've diagnosed it, so to say, is that it really just comes to the Bulls being so close to contendership. You do have some people that have that PTSD from the previous regime, especially when you talk about somebody like, what's his name, Felipe? Uh, idiot who literally in every comment brings up the 2010 team. is like, shut the fuck up. Uh, but with that being said, you know, Kobe White, actually in Casey Johnson's um, 
post from the other day actually said that Billy Donovan and AK and Eversley may be hires, even though we got reports that the Bulls are opening. This is why I don't always listen to that, that the Bulls actually hire Kobe. Not that they necessarily he's untradeable, but they definitely want to hold on to him as a piece unless it's for the right deal. So, you know, the, again, the Bulls, unless you, you look at the contracts of like Derrick Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr., um, like I said, that Portland pick, if you want to throw that in, and they can, they can do some interesting things the other way. But at the end of the day, what I keep saying, in AK and Eversley, we trust. If there's a deal to be made, if there's a deal made, I'm going to trust AK and Eversley and what they decide to do with any of these assets, and that's what it boils down to. I personally don't see them making a trade using Kobe or Patrick Williams, so I, I do like those to stop. But you guys know I'm not really doing heavy trade talks anymore, but I am going to play any voicemail that gets played in there. But um, yeah, I think Bulls fans do need to temper their expectations when it comes to trading more focus on this team and what this team has, because that's what AK and Eversley is going to do. So shout out to Jose Sanchez for the voicemail on that one. Let's go ahead and get into our next voicemail, which is from Shay. Shay has an interesting person to put to put out or maybe that the Bulls should take a look at. Let's go ahead and listen to that now. What's up, Hayes? This is Shay. Yo, I don't know if you like this player or not, but there's a player that used to play for the Houston Rockets and he was pretty good. His name is Terrence Jones, I think he's about 29 or 30 years old, and he's currently a free agent, and he's about six foot nine. Do you think we should go ahead and pick him up, and he can play the center spot and shoot the threes and defend at a high rate? He's currently a free agent, and we probably could pick him up for the cheap. Matter of fact, we don't even have to wait to buy out or trade. We could just go ahead and sign him. He's currently a free agent right now. Tell him what you think. Peace. And this could solve our power forward problem because he has multiple stints in the playoffs. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right, so Shay brings up Terrence Jones. And so I looked this up because I haven't heard the name Terrence Jones in a while, right? He's been out of the NBA since 2018. He is 30 years old, um, and he really kind of just dropped off, right? So let's his last season of having major contributions was 2016, 2017 to New Orleans, in which he averaged, averaged 11 and a half points a game and almost six rebounds a game and had a field goal percentage of 47%. So that's not great, but as a bench player, that's that's not too bad either. Now, he played five, he's only played five games in the, in the NBA since then, and, uh, three games in 2016-17 and two games in 2018 and 19. He now plays in China. Um, so with that being said, you know, my I've, I've said this before. My mindset is that when it's a player who is has not been on the radar of NBA teams, usually it's for a reason. Now, you do have exceptions to that, right? We've seen like Lance Stevenson come in and be able to contribute very early on. We've seen Boogie kind of not get a deal and then come in and was able to contribute pretty nicely to the Bucs. Um, so I'm not saying that, that, that it's always true, but I'm just, you know, with a player who like Terrence Jones, so even when he was here in the NBA, it wasn't like he was having a huge impact. So I don't know if the Bulls go to like Terrence Jones, what he gives you. I think we get we can get more than enough from from Tyler Cook, for example, um, when he's back healthy. So I really think the Bulls are just going to be making stopgap moves on 10 day contracts until Terrence Jones comes back and Green gets healthy and Derrick Jones Jr. can get healthy. And, you know, we'll see if they end up doing something more long term. Right. Um, with that. But like I've said before, and I think I said that on Locked on Bulls as well, is that if the Bulls don't make a move, I think that bodes well for their thought that Patrick Williams is going to be back by playoff time. That's just my thought on it. Let me know what you guys think down below. What do you think about Shea's suggestion of Terry Jones? I think I said Jones Jr. at one point. It's a it's a habit. What do you think about uh, Shea's suggestion of Derek? Of see, there I go. I almost did it again. Of Terrence Jones, um, and 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 him as a prospect that somebody that the Bulls should maybe take a look at. Let me know all that down below. 
that's it for this week's video. This week's video, God, today's video, because we all know I drop more than just weekly at this point. That was the initial concept of this. But hey, um, you guys can join me tonight. There will be a halftime hangout. There will be a uh, in-game post show. Um, I don't know if there's going to be pregame today, but we'll see. I'm not, I'm not completely counting it out, but I'm not quite sure right now if there'll be a pregame show. Usually when my pregame shows, I don't announce them. I kind of just go live. So uh, be on the lookout. Make sure you guys have that bell notification. Click for any notifications there. But like I like to end everything on, make sure you follow on the podcast at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod.gmail.com. If you want to leave us a text or voicemail to get it played on the show like we did today, that uh, number is 773-270-2799. Like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.